this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. Tonight, I want to share with you, uh, I guess the title of tonight's message would be, uh, What Has God Done For Me? You ever feel that way sometimes where you just feel ungrateful to God? Uh, where you just go through a season of, you, you know, even maybe just waking up in the morning like, I have to get out of bed again. Uh, you know, I'm having a good morning, but sooner or later, I'm going to have to get out of bed, you know. <laughs> and uh, the day might not go so well. I seem to mess up the day once I get out of bed sometimes. And so uh, we, we just feel like sometimes we're just ungrateful. And, and I know that there are times in my life where I felt ungrateful for what God's done for me. And so tonight, as we were thinking about the baptism and, and reminding, I was reminding myself of my baptism, I started down a little trek of what God has done for me. And so if you want to join me in the book of First Peter, which is toward the very back of your Bible, First Peter chapter 3, uh, there's a section in there that talks about baptism. And we're going to look at this and remind ourselves of what God has done for us. And if you were here before and you remember, the, who remembers the ping pong ball illustration I did? A lot of you? Yeah, because I don't do a lot of these things. Um, and so tonight I'm going to bring the ping pong balls back. Uh, but we're going to have a little different application than we had last time uh, for those uh, as we do this. But um, I want us to, to kind of walk away tonight, whether you're being baptized tonight for the first time uh, or whether you're here tonight and have been, already been baptized and your faith can be rekindled uh, tonight. I, that's my prayer is that we will be rekindled and be reminded powerfully what God has done for us. So in, in 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 18, if you want to follow me there, the scripture will be on the board behind me, uh, as well as you can follow it along on your uh, app or your Bible if you're like me and go old school and actually have a paper Bible, you get extra bonus points tonight. Not really, but it is cool. Let me read these for us. It says, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. This is why God did this. This is why Jesus suffered, to bring you to God. Jesus was put to death in the body, but he was made alive in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit made him alive. The next verse. After being made alive, Jesus went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits. To those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through the water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Now, when, I want to clarify something as we go through this. It says this water symbolizes. That's a very uh, specific water he's talking about. He's talking about the water in the days of Noah. Not necessarily the water we're talking about today, but he's talking about this water in the days of Noah and the flood. That specific water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. And it, he clarifies even further, not the removal of dirt. It's not the removal of dirt from the body, but it's the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. Next verse. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven 
and is at the right hand of God, at God's right hand, with angels, authorities, and powers in what? In submission to him. Isn't that amazing that God is, is reigning supreme? The Lord Jesus has ascended into heaven and he's reigning at the right hand, the position of power. And he is there with all the powers and authorities that kick our tails, that just scare us to death. And they're in a submission to the authority of Jesus. Jesus is powerful God. And so what has God done for us? And so I'm going to go back here to the baptistry waters and I'm going to get some water out of here. Because tonight uh, we baptize in water. And um, I want us to be reminded of what God has done for us. When Peter is writing this letter to this group of Christians, he's writing to them and he's going back to the story and the account of Noah and the ark. And he's talking about how the waters came. And in verse uh, 18, he said, for Christ died once for all. He was put to death in the body, made alive by the spirit through whom he went and preached to the spirits in prison, which is a whole nother sermon altogether, because evidently what Jesus did, some people said, have asked before, where was Jesus when he was dead for those three days? And when he died on the cross before his resurrection, what was he doing? Was he just like hanging out on heaven's beach somewhere? You know, was he just chilling? What was he doing? So evidently, he was making a proclamation to the spirits that had died already who were in prison, and he was showing them and proclaiming to them that I am the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he was proclaiming the gospel to them. So it was a very powerful thing that we're going to kind of move past, and maybe we can talk about some other time. But he was there, and it was talking about in the days of Noah, those who waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. And then it says, in it, in the ark, only a few people. How many people? Eight people. Only eight people were saved through the water. So I have eight ping pong balls in here, okay? Not a bunch of them. See, last time what we did with this is we were remind, we had the ping pong balls in here. And the more water I poured in, right? And you're going to see this too. The more water I pour, pour in, for those of you listening online who can't see this, I'm pouring water into a vase with ping pong balls. And what are the ping pong balls doing? They're Josh Groban, raise me up, right? You raise me up. Okay, that's funny to me. All right, so the more water you put in, they, they are raised up. And so they are being lifted up. And so what God is doing for us and when he's talking about in the days of Noah, God poured out the water on the earth. And what it did is it lifted up eight people. And the rest of them, what happened? They died. So the same waters that brought judgment and condemnation and death are the same waters that brought life. That's what baptism is for us. It is our death and it is also our life. That we are buried with Christ. We are buried in the waters with him. And that we are raised with him to walk in a newness of life. And so this, this water of, uh, that Noah had for him in the ark, these people were saved through the water. They were saved because it destroyed the enemies around them. And some people would say, how could God destroy people? And I think if we understood how wicked the people were back then, we would not be asking that question with such an audacious um, attitude. There was wickedness beyond what we would probably know today. And God brought judgment. 
And God saved his people through that. He was going to wipe the entire earth out, but he brought salvation through the waters. This water is what God used to lift up those eight people and to save the human race. And it's this water that he is talking about is symbolizing our baptism. The same thing that happened there is happening in our baptism. God is providing the rain. God is providing the water. God is also raising us up. So what has God done for me? Number one, he's, he's brought the rain. You know, you heard the phrase, making it rain, you know, making money, something like that. It's a fun thing. But God was literally making the rain come so that it would raise us up. And so God has made it rain for us. He has brought what we need in order to have life. The second thing he has done is through the rain, he has lifted us up. He has raised us up beyond, out of death and into life, just like the ark was raised from death to life. People made fun of Noah because he built a boat and Apparently, it hadn't even rained on earth at that point. The earth didn't function in the same way. And so they were like, what are you doing? You're a madman, and why are you bringing these animals? You're dumb. You're making fun of them. And then he's the one who ends up being saved. He, God has saved them from that. So God raises us up from death to life. And when God does that too, I'm going to get some more water because this jar is small. And so what God does when he, through the baptisms too, not only does he... he save us, not only does he raise us up, but when he raises us up, we become more like him. We become closer to him. And so the illustration that we had last time uh, was, was this, and the illustration is still true, is that the water is when we drink of the Spirit. God tells us to drink of his Holy Spirit, to drink him in. And so there were, actually there's still something written on here, uh, self-control. There were fruits of the Spirit that we had on here last time. And sometimes we pray in life like, I wish I had more self-control. I wish I had more patience. I had, wish I had more gentleness. I wish I had more kindness. And what I was saying at that time is that we need to stop praying for those fruits and we need to start praying for more of Holy We need to start praying for more of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit manifests those fruits. The Holy Spirit, He knows what it is that we need. He knows where we're weak and where we need to be strengthened. And it is him who is self-control, who is gentleness. It is him who is kindness. And so what we say is, Holy Spirit, fill me. And so what God has done for us is he's saved us. He's raised us from death to life. He is also bringing us closer to him as we become more like him. And he is also, through the resurrection power, making us more like him. He gives us the power of his Holy Spirit to live within us. And we can either live by that power or we can stay in a relationship to where we know facts about the Lord and we don't interact with him. We don't know him. If I just knew about Austin, facts about him, but never spent time with him, I would be missing out because he's a great guy. And to a greater extent, when I just know facts about God, but I'm not spending time with him, I am really missing out. And it's going to cause me to live empty and frustrated and not have these things because I'm going to be suffering from a drought. 
I need the thirst, I need the water of the Holy Spirit because we are meant to drink of him. And so tonight we wanted to see how baptism lifts us up, that Jesus is a supreme power. And so the last part of the sermon I would say is this, that too often as people who are saved by God, who are lifted out of death and into life, too often we live as though we are still captive to sin that we still have to answer to sin, and we forget who is in submission to our Lord Jesus. And we've, I've said this probably, I may get, you may get tired of hearing me say this, I may start saying this every week, but there are truths that I am need to speak, and I believe all of us need to speak over our lives, is that instead of complaining about how big our problems are, we need to start declaring how big our God is that God has the power over our problems. I miss this mark. You know what? It just... I struggle some. Do you ever struggle in your faith? I mean, just me? No? Some of you are nodding your head? Sometimes... You know, i got a big hand raised back there. All right, good. So sometimes it struggles, and it just frustrates me because sometimes... Man... All right, I'm going to share it. I shared it Tuesday night. I'm just going to share it. If you, don't, if you don't have grace for me, that's on you, all right? If you don't forgive me, I'm just warning you, it's on you, all right? I made a mistake. I made a mistake Tuesday. I was driving Uber last Sunday, too. I preached this. I said, look, when somebody gets mad at you and, and, and fires at you, you return back with water. You give them grace. All right, let's do that. Let's declare in faith and do this. So Tuesday, I'm driving Uber Tuesday morning, and I'm on my way back from Newark, and um, I'm in traffic, and I'm just at a, one of these crossroads jerseys is just horrible uh when it comes to their signage and i'm like you know you can go to the washington bridge this way or go to the washington bridge this way i'm like which way do i go i can go either way and so i'm just looking i slow down a little bit and the guy behind me starts honking at me and i'm like all right whatever and i actually have a dash cam now and it records the sound and so i went back and looked at it and i was singing worship songs all right singing worship songs, and I was just lifting up the Lord. It was so good. It was so good. And he's talking behind me. I'm like, Lord, it doesn't even bother me. I'm thinking. I'm not saying that loud. It doesn't even bother me. So he pulls up beside me, and he rolls his window down, and he starts giving me the one-finger salute, okay? Sticks his hand up and just, you know, you, you know what that is. And so he's doing that at me and saying words that I won't repeat right now. And so he's really mad at me, and I'm like, man, that guy's really worked up. <laughs> I was fine. I was fine. He gets slowed down by, he has to go back behind me. I'm like, huh, I'm glad I'm not angry like him. <laughs> and I'm singing a worship song, driving along, he comes back again. All right? He rolls the window down, he pulls up a little bit in front of me, and he sticks his hand out the window. It was his, it was his right hand. It's really dangerous what he's doing, too. Sticks his hand out the window like this, like a gun, and goes... And I'm telling you, it got me. I saw red. I didn't say anything, but I, I lifted. You know what I did? I returned fire for fire. And I did it twice just to make sure he saw me. All right? And as soon as I did, I was like, mm, that wasn't the right move. And I felt about that tall. And I was like, man, you're sitting here worshiping Jesus. And what is it about that that, just, that made you to react that way? And I still am processing a little bit, but I think what it was is he made a gun like he was going to shoot me. 
And I'm like, who do you think you are? And I also sized them up, and I knew I could take them in a fight. <laughs> that always makes it easier. If it was a big guy I was afraid of, I'd have been like, oh, I'm sorry. So the point I'm getting at is that I felt unworthy of the gospel. The problem with that is showing me is that somehow my flesh likes to believe that when my actions are better, I'm more deserving of the gospel. You understand how dangerous that is? My heart is in danger of thinking that because I'm a good person, I deserve God's love more. I deserve it more. And that's not true. The gospel is Jesus has provided the water. Jesus has lifted me up. And the more Holy Spirit I have, the more Jesus will flow from me. And so those moments where you fail are not an indictment that, well, you must not be saved. They're just an indicator that you need more Holy Spirit in you. The good news is I didn't walk in shame like I used to. I used, they used to that would have humbled me for a long time. And I'm not saying that I'm going around just doing that, you know, and doing whatever I want to do. I don't feel good about it. I felt regret for it. I, I repented over it. I wished I hadn't uh, done that. But the point is, when you confess your sin... When you cross the line, receive grace. Receive it. You're not good enough to earn God's love. Nothing you will ever do will make you good enough to earn God's love. God's love. So what has God done for you lately? He's flooded you with forgiveness. He's showered you with grace. And he is pouring Holy Spirit on you and it is him who is raising you up. And the more of him you have in you, the more of his fruit is going to come out. It doesn't matter if this is the day you're getting baptized or if this is the 30th anniversary or 50th anniversary or whatever year that you've been walking with the Lord. You need God's grace. You need his mercy. You are dependent on that. You will die without it. But the good news is, because Jesus died, you don't have to. He died for you, and now he just freely pours it out on all those who will call on the name of Jesus. And I promise you, I know I need Jesus. I have failed in ways more than my momentary lapse of judgment, my momentary anger. I have failed in greater ways. It doesn't matter how you failed. God's grace and mercy is here for you right now. Amen? It is here for you in this moment right now. What has God done for you lately? I sum it up with one word, everything. He's done everything. So what can we do for him? Sacrifices of praise. Worship him. Spend time with him. Read his word to get to know his heart. Surrender to him. Drink of the Holy Spirit and just ask the Lord to just flood you with his presence. And say, whatever you want from me, Lord, you can have, because it's yours anyway. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we bless your name. Tonight we come to, um, to you, Lord, and we ask that you would simply uh, magnify your name among us. Lord, we bless your name. We love you. We hope, Lord, that you will help us to, to grow in our faith, to grow in our ability to, to, 
to worship you, to appreciate you, to love you, and that you would fill us to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. For those of you here tonight, for those here tonight, Lord, who need a fresh word from you, God, I pray that you would touch them with forgiveness and mercy, that you would flood their souls with grace. And for those here who are celebrating a victorious week of walking with you, God, we celebrate that too. And we ask that you would pour grace on their heart to keep them focused on the truth that is your grace that is causing the walk in victory and not something that we have done ourselves. God, protect our hearts. We are so easy, we're we're easily led astray. Um, uh, We are like sheep that just can, can wander. And so Lord, I pray that as sheep, we would be good sheep that would look to you, our shepherd, and follow you and trust you. And when you whisper to us, we would trust you with all of our being. In Jesus' name, amen.